We are reading from Acts chapter 20 from verses 28 to 38. That is the last part of uh, Paul's um, farewell message to the elders of the Ephesians church, the elders of the church of Ephesus, the last part of his farewell message. And when you have time, read the entire farewell message and you gain something out of it. Verses 28 to 38, shall we hear the word of God? Therefore, take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourself know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Verse 36. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all went freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. 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 A lot of things that I'm sure the preacher will bring out as we wait to hear from him. I think um, our preacher this morning is our own senior pastor, Pastor Fred, who is going to bring us the word of God, um, how to be a healthy church. How to be a healthy church with our vision, a vibrant congregation, impacting where? The world. With what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. And our mission is to exalt God in what? In worship. Grow towards Christian maturity. And reach out to the world with the gospel of 
Jesus Christ. Let us be in waiting and listen as our senior pastor ministers to us. Amen. Indeed, Lord, in your power we stand. In the words of our hearts and the meditations of our lips and our thoughts and our listening and our actions all be to the glory of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in whose name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you for coming to church. Hallelujah. The passage you read is so powerful. I, would have, I love expository preaching. Um, but unfortunately, I'll not do that today. Today, I'll do a topical preaching, the 12 characteristics of a healthy church, uh, because that's what we have advertised. And it will touch on some of these passages. Next year, God willing, we intend to cover the whole of the book of Ephesians. That's small book, expositorily. So, yes, but it's good we are talking about the 12 characteristics of a healthy church. And I share this with a particular passion that we are servants of God. And when he has placed us in charge of a ministry, or particularly his church, we must do our utmost best to do the best we can. Because this is the only institution that can change the world. This is the only institution that will survive this world. This is the only institution and the members who appear before God with a very strict accountability. And for those of us who have the privilege of leading these churches, <laughs> uh, our charges will be higher if we don't do our part. Let me just say a few random things. So I personally have never believed in what they call uh, lame duck. They use that in politics. When your term is about to end, you do anything you want to do. When you, are, when you know you have no second term, you do whatever you want to do because there's no third term, there's nothing. I don't believe in that because our accountability is to God. So until he calls you that come home, you are gone. That is why I may have offended some of you by limping and coming here and say, oh, what is wrong with this guy? Can't he go and rest somewhere? I think from all this in from March, I've missed only one Sunday. So I, I prove to you that, not prove to you, prove to myself that I can come to the house of God and be limping. It's okay. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to come well, and it's okay to do anything. Now, two, how do we explain all these gaps in the room here? If you have a multi-million CD dollar facility, what explains it? Is it transport fares? Is it boring church? What, what is it? That's what I invite you to look at today when you're talking about the characteristics of a healthy church. And I'm sure uh, the pastor, senior pastor is here, in coming here, we'll reflect on these together. Because at the end of the day, it is in, in, in the world's secular language, this is what I learned from school a long time ago. In church health and church growth, it is satisfied customers who bring others, not posters, not banners, not billboards. You can spend a lot of money on all those things, but it is the members. If they're happy, guided, and spirit-filled, they know what they really want guided by God. They are the ones who will bring others to be like them. So we know there are difficulties. I've heard all those excuses. I can accept them. 
Even, I can't call some names. They're all everywhere. People are not going to church. Why are they not going to church? Thirdly, we as pastors have noted with concern that the greatest crowd that fills this facility is when we come for funerals. Well, is it bad for people to come for funerals? No. But should that, is this a funeral palace? My house shall be known as a house of what? All right. So there are some things that are facing us that if you are looking objectively, thank you for giving me 35 minutes to talk. All right. I said you should give me. So thank you for reminding me. It means I have to cut back what I want to say and say it and go to Adabraka. So we, <laughs> and now talking about Adabraka, yes, I, I just felt like even explaining what Adabraka is all about because many times you get people who are coming in, they don't know why I leave and go to Adabraka. Adabraka is originally the mother church and it's still the mother church. Adabraka is the one planting all these churches here. It is the second service of Adabraka that spinned off to come here to start this church for all of us. And I can assure you of this. For the past 16 years that I've been on this campus, every day, if I'm in town, I move from here to Adabraka. And humanly speaking, that is the main factor that keeps those two churches to know that they are one. That's why Adabraka and all those churches can contribute money to building here. It is not only the only church here that is building it. We get a lot of money and support from all of that and the prayers from all of this family. So this is some of the things that happen in church when you come, oh, why, why is it running away and going? Well, because the two churches won. And beginning of last year, we moved the office here. The office, administrative offices are here. So the office of the senior pastor is here. There are some other facilities going up there. I'll have the time to talk about them. Uh, later on if I, if I don't talk too much. The 12 characteristics of a healthy church. I learned a long time ago that there are things that can be measured. And the 12 characteristics I'm sharing today, you can find them, so many of them on the internet. When I went to school and I did church, church growth, church health, I was looking at my thesis and even as far back as 1999, there were about five or eight parameters. But I've chosen these 12 characteristics. They come from the International Mission Board. Just to give you your historical context, the International Mission Board used to be called the Foreign Mission Board. They are responsible for sending Southern Baptist missionaries across the world. It is one of the most versatile organizations you can think about in the world. Their database is more accurate than the United Nations. How do I know? I knew it some years back, I can't divulge all of that. Because they are interested in people, hidden peoples who are hiding somewhere, how they can be rich for God, not for political purposes. Now, they have seen all the things that are there and they've chosen to latch on to 12. This is the measurement they use, they give to their churches, they give to their missionaries and therefore, we can say, for your information, the founding missionary group of the Ghana Baptist Convention is the Southern Baptist Convention of the USA. That is an offshoot of the IMB, International Mission Board. Long story. So I think that this deals with church and church health and these things with parameters for us. And if you give me the first slide, the reason why I choose this also is this. Uh, Thank those who preceded me. They've already started with some indications. We know, 
as they say in Ghana, that uh, the fundamentals will betray you. Now, so now everybody's reading the fundamentals. And when the goalpost is changing, you can, you can tell that the goalpost is changing. When every gun that is shot in Ukraine affects your pocket, then you know whether it is direct or indirect or it is idiomatic. When we are talking about health, I, as a pastor, I'm not only interested in church health. I'm also interested in the way you feel. So I'm asking you, Tisa, do you know your health numbers or your healthy numbers? What is your blood pressure if you are living? What should it be like? This chart will tell you what it is. What is your sugar level? If you are growing old, you should know. Your, if, as a human being, you should know. It's your vision 2020. There are a number of things you know, you must know to know whether you are healthy or not. There was one time they were having a, a serious prayer meeting for a certain lady. And I stepped into the room, just about to lay hands on her, and the Spirit of God asked me to stop. And I stopped. And I asked the lady, what's wrong with you? I can't sleep, I can't eat, I can't do all of these things. And I looked at her eyes. Somebody told me she's dying. I said, she's not dying. Take her and go and check her HB. They went to check. It was four. Four. Well, they took care of her. By the time it got to nine and ten, she was healthy. I'm just saying that there are things, there are physical traits that you can check when your blood sugar is off the roof and all of these things. In the same way, church that has been around for 2,000 years, there are things that mark church out as healthy. We may not all be there. At the end of the session, I'll be calling on you for your feedback. In fact, that's what this session is about. Instead of just going to an expository, I'll use these marks and try and go through them as fast as I can. So take note of your own numbers for your health. But at the same time, if you belong to a church, take note of these factors and help us. So we go through them. We've gone through the vision and the mission. Thankfully, I'll not go through that again today. What are the 12 characteristics of a healthy church as proposed by the IMB? That's the assigned the IMB, International Mission Board. So these are not original to me. I've adapted it for our use and for our understanding with some additions here and there. Can we read them together? The 12 marks are what? Evangelism, discipleship, membership, leadership, teaching and preaching, ordinances, worship, prayer, fellowship, accountability and, dis and discipline, giving and mission. <laughs> you will not see some of these things in some of the lists because they are not Baptist churches. These are parachurch organizations that call on people to come and do assessment for their churches for how to grow. So they may not put some of these things in it because it's of no consequence to them. So you see a lot. They say, tell you what you can do to be a healthy church. But for Baptists, the denomination you belong to, know what they stand for. And that is why sometimes we go wrong. You go wrong because you belong to an organization. You don't really know what the organization stands for, what they believe, how they measure what they measure, how they measure it. And then you judge a Baptist church like a Presbyterian church or like a Methodist church or like an Anglican church or like a, a one-man church, if there's anything like that. And then you start making your comments. So I'm taking you to a very basic one. Number one, churches are built through the fervent, faithful proclamation of Christ and him crucified. That's all. There are many things that we can do. But if you want a church to be built, it is built by proclaiming Christ and him crucified. 
He's the one who established the church. And when he's blessing the church, the church will grow. Health has nothing to do with size. It has nothing to do with age. A child can be healthy when he's a newborn child. A newborn child can be sick. So health does not necessarily do with size or age or anything. But we look at these church elements. Christ should be the anchor. Christ should be the beginning. The word church comes from the Greek word ecclesia or the assembly. They called out once. And therefore, Paul says clearly, and the Bible teaches clearly, and Baptists teach clearly, that we can all sit here in a room. They say we are in church. But to say if somebody is in a church, that person must be the result of biblical evangelism. The distinction you find in all the 12 characteristics is that they try to precede each one of them with biblical. So we read the 12, but now we come to biblical evangelism. Let me just read the first one, as you can see. The word church comes from a Greek word that means an assembly of called out ones. It denotes that before a church can ever actually gather, the people must first hear the call of God to do so. As Paul questioned in Romans 10, 14, 15, how can they believe if the one of whom, how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So, when we gather people here and they come for a funeral, they are not here because of evangelism. They are not necessarily here because of that. But to be a member and to hear and come and be a member of the church of God must be the result of evangelism. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Who is that someone? So they come for a funeral, we can preach to them, they receive Christ, respond to him, or you go and preach to them, or you go and invite them. That is how people become members of the church. They didn't say, come and baptize me, then their names are on the book. That is not what it means. Ask somebody, are you a member of a church? Yes, how did you become a member? I was baptized. Really? Baptism? Fine, it's good. We'll come to that later on. So, churches are built through the faithfulness to the word of God. It is the responsibility of the local church to be a mouthpiece of Christ, calling all who will come to repentance and new life. We must call them. And that is the first mark of the church, evangelism. We gather to make Christ known and known to everybody. Now, the second mark is that of biblical discipleship. Coming, you are born, beautiful, but after that, what? Growth. According to Matthew 28, 16 to 20, a passage that you should know by heart, the command is to make disciples of all nations. Make. This qualifies two activities. You baptize them and you teach them to obey. So when you are evangelize them, you have two more obligations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey. There are people in Baptist churches who can argue with you why they should not be baptized or why they were baptized in the river or on the sea, they pour water on them and all of that. So they don't want it again. There are some who will not subject themselves to any teaching, let alone obey anything. Watch out. Are you being discipled? The command goes on. A child that is born, and after three, four, five years, cannot even take a spoon to put in their mouth, cannot run away from fire, cannot descend between right and wrong, and grows to be a teenager, is an irresponsible child. And I'm sorry if the church does not train its members well, they may not do the thing that they are supposed to do and do it well. Biblical discipleship. 
Once a believer has declared allegiance to Christ through baptism, it's the responsibility of the local church to be the place where they can learn obedience to the commands. A healthy church is a group of people intentionally living out the timeless universal truths of the gospel within the context of a finite local community. So, oh, this church, they are always talking about discipleship. Why? Can't they talk about anything? Can't they, can they bring some people here to come and sing, Jesus, 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 and we fill the church? Yeah, we can bring them. But if you are not teaching them and baptizing them and correcting them, you may bring them, but you may not be a healthy church and be involved in biblical discipleship. Then there's biblical membership. The church of God, you must belong to it. Every good footballer I know belongs to a team. You see, when we are playing gota to gota in Nima, nobody guess about you. You can score 100 goals because you are the one playing. You can put the ball in your armpit. But if you say you are going to play, then you belong to a team. Uh, phobia. Oh, Oli, Oli, Oli. <laughs> Chelsea, Liverpool. I learned a long time ago as a pastor not to get involved in those emotionally chiding. That's why I don't talk too much politics directly. Even, even football supporting gave me trouble in my earlier days. So I've learned not to talk about all of these things. But membership, you must be a member. There are three ways to join a Baptist church. One, professional faith and baptism. You say, yes, I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's why most times we make the altar call. Do you want to receive him? Fine. We are not always, mainly we want you to come forward. But you can also receive Christ by indicating that you want to receive Christ by any means you want to. Now we have online, we have all kinds of things. But you must make that decision. That the Christ has touched me. I want to be born again. I want to understand what I'm doing. And then you are baptized. Because baptism is an outward sign of an inner change. Hallelujah. So if you have not changed inwardly, what has been done to you is taking a dry sinner and baptizing him and she comes out as a wet sinner and a wet sinner goes to hell. What did, what did you achieve? Nothing. Two, transfer letter. You came from a church. How the Baptists do it most times is this. You come forward that, yes, I want to become a member of Calvary Baptist Church, but I am from uh, Numakojo Baptist Church. If all things are working well, Calvary will write to Anumakojo Baptist Church that Mr. So-and-so has come that wants to join this church. He says he was a member of your church. Can you testify? Then they write and testify. But maybe Anumakojo Baptist Church was flooded two weeks ago and all their documents are gone. So at least somebody can testify that it's not. Otherwise, we have a statement by your own Christian experience. I know I'm born again. We take it like that. You have said it. So, we don't know where you came from. So, these are the three basic ways. There's a fourth one we didn't put here. There's what we call watch care. You are a traveler. You are here temporarily. You are a student. You are a missionary. You are an ambassador. You are this. Whilst I'm here, I'd like Calvary to be my church home. I'm still faithful in my home. If I don't send my tithe there, that uh, Fanchimbra Baptist Church would die. But let me give some small support here. But pastor, I want to be part of this fellowship. That can be a fourth one of watch care membership. And we do recognize that. So the IMB standards say it is healthy for members to belong to a church. I went to a church and I'll, I'll name it because I saw them. Feeding Church celebrated 50 years ago recently. And I was one of the guests they invited there. And I, when I saw the numbers, I said, what happened to this church? Because uh, Brother Ibuakore was a TV master. 
Signs, wonders, miracles. It was amazing. Then I saw the 50th anniversary. Said he never asked or insisted for anybody to be a member, discipline them, disciple them. And now, even in his lifetime, before he died, the thing started breaking. Because people say, oh, we just came. We just came to shop. We just came to collect prayers and go. No discipleship, no membership, nothing required of people. Biblical membership is required. Why? Because each member is both called and equipped to serve others. Anybody who is a member must find their role in the body. That's why you are a member. So when you come, Mr. Thompson has come, popularly called Nick Bakpo. If you hear Nick Bakpo on Joy FM, that's Nick Bakpo sitting down here. So Nick Bakpo of Joy FM, you know, I've been his pastor for a long time. So now he goes to Joy FM and calls Nick Bakpo. I say, look, Thompson, I the one saying they call Nick Bakpo. He say, how do you know? I say, well, you know somebody's voice for 30 years, you know. All right, so you are a member of the body. So now we know that, look, this one place number one is a goalkeeper. This one place number two. This one place number five. This one place number ten. That is how churches organize because you are a member. But if you are not a member and you are sitting on the fence, say, ah, they don't play like that. No, I'm a coach. Yeah, nobody will listen to you. So membership activates, you activate your gift according to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, and then you are allowed to play your role. Or sometimes we are, when we are not allowing you, you can actually say, Pastor, we are not doing well. I'm here, you are not using me. That's okay. I came to church because I want to serve. I didn't come here to come and sit on the pew. When you talk about people who are warming the pew till the pew beats them, what have you asked me to do? This is my gift. Hello, are you with me? So that's what membership is about. You cannot be a member of parliament in Ghana when you are not a Ghanaian. <laughs> so there are privileges and responsibility for membership. What are some of the five benefits of church membership? Just run them. It connects us with God. We came here to worship God. That's what church is about. So if you are in a church, it's not connecting you to God, but to an apostle, to a bishop, to some Mary, to some saint, watch it. It, has, it helps us find deeper meaning in our lives. Look at some of the things that were said today, not even by the pastor, but by the word of God in prayer and in exhortation. Yes, you find meaning in your life amidst all the troubles in which you are. Where will you go and hear all this? You can go and turn on your radio and TV and hear all the political discourses and all the grammatical and the geographical reasons for NDC, MPP to say who did what, who didn't do what. But it also allows you to feel the peace that passes every understanding. It allows you and strengthens you spiritually. That you know that your flesh will die. No matter how old you are, you will die. But your spirit will never die. It's the spirit that conquers. Look, I was told that, Pastor, somebody told me, if you believe that you will be well in your spirit, you'll be well. I said, yeah, that's why I come to church. I believe I'll be well. When I come to the house of God, I feel well. And you'll be well. If you believe that you will not be well, you will not be. And when you see others, they are praying, they are praising God. Say, yes, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And you receive it. You get the anointing. And then, of course, it fosters a sense of community. You are not alone. We are brothers and sisters sharing in the goodness of God. So those are at least five of the benefits of being a member who attends regularly. No, your name is on the book. Biblical leadership. That's leadership. One of the many gifts the Holy Spirit gives is that he gives us leaders who make things happen. I can go a lot into that, but let me just simplify with the John Maxwell popularized one. Leadership is cause, the rest are effect. 
the only way you get a group to be organized properly is particularly church. Somebody with the gift of leadership. Let me tell this story. One time I went to Singapore to go and learn about church. And the man was grilling me a lot. He said, Pastor, are you the leader of your church or you're the pastor? I said, I'm the pastor. He said, what is the meaning of that? The long and short of it is that, look, learn something. If you are going to be a pastor of a church and you say you are, be the leader. And if you are going to steal anybody, don't steal sheep. Sorry, don't, yeah, don't steal sheep. Sheep, if you steal sheep, you'll be sweeping and cleaning their something. But steal the shepherd. What did he mean? If you get a shepherd, then most things that can happen, the shepherd can go and look for the sheep. There are people in the church who have the gift of leadership. Who are they? We must identify them, train them, deploy them, and use them. Then the rest follow. So in the church, what did Jesus see in Peter before he appointed him? Which school did he attend? It has nothing to do with school. It may be with school. In Paul's case, it had to do with school. But the man had some stubborn spirit that could take no. He can't take no. He can even challenge Barnabas and challenge Peter. And what is their job? And this is where, this is where we blow it. You see, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be teachers, some to be what? What are they supposed to be? Now, some have made this to be a rank. They call some apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, teachers. What is he saying? To equip the work, to, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. This week, I was looking for something and the, the man called me and said, Pastor, I'm going to call somebody who can help you to straighten you up to work. And I said, really? Then he called this man. I said, who are you? He said, I'm a Ghanaian doctor. I'm working in Qatar. I said, what are you doing there? He said, I've been recruited to go to Qatar to be sure of the health team that is coming. That those who are coming, when they have any medical need, will take care of them. So they recruited you from Ghana. I said, they are paying me very well. What is the point? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. All kinds of factors come in. So the apostle will tell you, you have been called, you send you the plant churches. The prophet will tell you what God wants you to do and how you do it, the word of the Lord. The evangelists will go and bring them in. They can scatter everything. And when they scatter you and you are flying around, the pastor takes you, shapes you up, teaching you and correcting you. We work together. Not solo here. You know, in football terms, I won't do this on TV so you can be sure it will not appear in Adabraka. In football terms, when we were playing football long, long, long ago, somebody asked me this week whether I played football. And I said, yeah, the football, the one I like best, I went to a boys' school. So when they are playing inter-schools and the girls come, there's a certain type of football we play. In every they call it David Pomda. Sister, look at me. What does that mean? It means when the ball gets near you, whether anybody's there or no, Pastor, Pastor Washington, you used to play that. You just kick it high. Then they'll be looking, ah, who played that? Fred, what are you trying to do? I wasn't achieving anything. I was just playing the football. And so, we have the five-fold ministry. Sometimes people have made it David Bomda. It's for sure. It is not contributing to the winning of the team against the devil and the forces of darkness. Friends, take note. Ephesians 4, 12, 11, 12 tells us what the ministry gives are for. And may we learn to work together. Biblical leadership. Now, for all of this to work together, in a church like this, we have what is called the Calvary Way Discipleship Path. We have not activated this very well, given the Calvary Way. Because, you see, 
This has been down for a long time. What does this mean? A church teaching and equipping people is like a school. So take my example and let's try to understand it. When, you send, when people are born or they grow and they want to start school, they go to KG, isn't that what they call it? From KG, where do they go? Where? Nursery or, let's, let's take the basic one, basic school. From there they go to primary school. From primary you go to where? JHS. From JHS you go to SHS. From there you go to tertiary. From there you go to a place where they get permanent head damage. That is PhD. Or didn't mean it. I mean, there are, there are so many levels. Okay. So sometimes in church, our problem is that we put everybody at the same level. And some become bored. Excuse me, you see, this become very political. And churches sometimes become so possessive because they do not understand the anatomy of a church. We are not all equipped to do the same thing. So there's a basic lower, lower LCM, lowest common denominator. My mass is coming for everybody. That's to know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But apart from that, there's equipping, there's training, there's discipleship. So the Calvary Way discipleship is bringing them sicker to member. Building stage, membership to disciple. Training stage, disciples to minister. Sending stage, ministers to reproducers. Now, for most of these things to happen, you need to separate and segregate members according to their giftedness, their appetite. And like any school that anybody would tell you, it's like a pyramid. At the base, there are so many people. But you have to move and go up, up, up. So you go up, you may get 10 or 12 well-trained leaders. And they can make a lot of difference. Friends, sometimes that is possible for schools to do when you have schools under trees. But I want to tell you, that is the philosophy behind a new compound here. That we have a class where people can go. This is class for bringing stage, building stage, training stage, and sending stage. Very soon, we'll move some of these things around and be sure. So a check that is accounting for its members, whether they are growing. We can say, oh, we have 10 members in the red stage, ready to go and plant churches, ready to become deacons, ready to become what? You have so many members in the purple. We have so many members in this. We have so many members in this. We have 100 members or 200 members in small groups. That is uh, Sunday school class and shifu. That is how churches who are discipling people use their giftedness and allow them to be what God wants them to do. And that is followed by biblical teaching and preaching. That is from the Bible. The next, that's the fifth one. The fifth one. The sixth one, the biblical ordinances. Any church that is the church of God must be reminded that Christ died for us. So the entry point is believer's baptism. But apart from that, the Lord commanded, do this in remembrance of me. That you are not your own. Christ died for you. You receive the Lord's Supper once in a while. It's a means of grace to remind you that Christ died for you. In fact, there's a, there's, there, there are so many people who can confess and talk about how receiving the Lord's Supper has been a blessing to them. In many countries where people hide as Christians, nobody tackles them, nobody touches them until they see them being baptized. They say, ha, ah, now that you are being baptized. So we have a lot of people in some countries that are not baptized because they know that's the entry point. How the Lord deals with them, he knows. If you are a thief on the cross and you have not been baptized, you will go to heaven. 
But wait, when you're a thief on the cross, the Lord knows the difference. But if you're a member of Calvary Baptist Church, you're sitting down here, and I cannot teach you not to obey the Lord's command. In fact, the most expensive dress you, you put on, when it goes into the water, it comes out. <laughs> Nothing happened to it. So two ordinances. Then number five, biblical worship. Come to the house of God to worship him, to spare one another one, to sing and sing, minister very well, and do what God wants you to do, where our spirits are lifted up. God doesn't live here, but we are dedicated to the presence of God. And when you are coming to the house of God, there's some reverence that I'm coming to meet fellow brothers and sisters. Together we sing the song and encourage each other. That is what it does for us. This, this slides will be available if you want to know more of it. It's available. Biblical prayer. Personal prayer and corporate prayer. A healthy church not only prays, but prays with one another. We pray with each other. When Peter was in prison, they prayed together. Prayer about all kinds of things. For people to be healed. Prayer for you to be filled with the spirit of God. Prayer for you to be soaked. Prayer for people to minister to you. Prayer for you to minister to others. Prayer for the economy. Say, when you meet, pray for your leaders. Pray for this. Biblical prayer tells us to do a lot of things. And that is a requirement of a healthy church. And how do you measure a healthy church? thousand people appear Sunday morning and their prayer meeting, 25 or 10. Half of them are asleep. Wow. Is that healthy? We're going to measure it and see. Number nine, biblical fellowship. Fellowship in a ship. There are some people who believe that I walk alone. You don't cause trouble. I talk alone. <laughs> there was this friend of mine who wrote in his book, on his book when we were in school. Silence is golden. And the professor looked at him and said, but not in my tutorial class. Yeah, silence may be golden, but not in this class. You came here to study, and when I ask you the question, you must answer. So being alone is not golden in a church. You must be in fellowship. Why? Because biblical fellowship is about sharing our lives with fellow church members, allowing the simplest and the deepest aspects of our days to become entwined. No one, can I say it again, no one is intended to live the Christian life in isolation. And the lone Christian is just as likely to wither in loneliness as they are to stumble into disobedience. No one. There's no lone ranger in the Christian life. Somebody will correct you. Somebody will, when I was coming today, my button, I was telling them, my button fell off. So I called two ladies. This button has fallen off. They say, if I don't say, you won't see it. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, Mrs. Uh, they say it's, it's okay. Pastor, it's okay. You see, sometimes it amazes me. The eye that can see. You will not even see something when you have passed there. Someone say, oh, Pastor, I beg you. Take it. I say, oh, really? The Bible, the Bible says, bear ye one another's burden. Now, how do you know you have the gift of patience until somebody annoys you? Really? Somebody will help you to know. So, oh, I'm feeling by the spirit. Ba, 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 ba. They say, my friend, you are making noise. Stop. Come down. You are insulting the person in tongues in addition because they told you you are shouting. I said, what is that? That's that tongues in the flesh. Fellowship. The man says your sleep, your, your noise is making him angry because two of you are praying in a PA system. He cannot sleep because he's hurting. And I said, you are a witch. You are a burning fire on you. Fire, fire. Hey, my Jesus Christ. Healthy church. That's why nobody will come to the church. Hmm. Hello. I am not sure. What I'm saying is I'm, I'm giving you the fundamentals to use in judging us, including me. 
Because I want, a, I want a better crown in heaven, not to hide it and be given excuses. So that's why I'm coming with this one. Number 10, biblical accountability and discipline. What does it mean? You've taken people's money. Who is this? Pastor's fellowship. What? Just as we need fellowship to spur us on to obedience, we need accountability to call us back from sin. Yes, healthy churches must be places where the young in faith can be lovingly enlightened and where the disobedient can be gently rebuked in a manner consistent with the attitudes and the processes described by Christ in Matthew 18, 15 to 20. So when somebody sins against you, go to that person. My sister, the way you are looking at me and talking about me, I don't like it. Go to the person one and talk to him or talk to her. No, don't go and broadcast it. Matthew 18, read it. And that's what we do. No. And if he forgives the person and the person forgives, you've gained the person. If you're not listening, take another person. Before you tell the pastor, you come and tell Pastor Fred, he's insulted me, say my head is like coconut. Well, what is your head like? It's like watermelon. Did you tell her that your head is not like coconut? No, I want you to know. What might you know, sir? What happened? Yeah, go and tell him you like her to say your head is like popo. As justice remember, you see, people's foolishness can go foul. I remember there was a case, he would tell you that they went out to, I think, Supreme Court, you fool like pepper. Eh? Say, somebody has insulted me. So this person is angry, angry, angry. They go to Supreme Court, paying money. Judge, uh, uh, lawyer, meet you, meet you, Fanny Court, Fanny Court. Finally, they said, what were the material words of the insult? He said, I fool like Pepe. That's shame. You fool like Pepe. He said, yes. What is the meaning of you fool like Pepe? Now that my brother is in the Supreme Court, he can't say, I mean, I read that, I said, what? Can you imagine how much the, the lawyers took adjournment, postponement? Say, somebody insulted you. That's why you don't come to church because you fool like Pepe. You fool like Spakoshito. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so go to the person. And when the person has done something wrong because the person stripped outside wedlock or outside something, you see, we have not done this public discipline in a long time because he has all his stigma. But he can correct somebody lovingly who has fallen out of wedlock. Now, let me say this, my young people. You see, sexual sins are very dangerous. Now, they are smart. They call them smart. So when somebody is pregnant, you discipline the person. You say, oh, yeah, discipline the person because the person is stupid. So the first time I heard it, I said, what do you mean by stupid? He said, oh, don't you know, there's something called the morning after. Morning after means that when you go and do it, and you are, you are this, you go and remove it. I said, oh, is that what they do? Yes. There's a, there's, a, there's a group here in this country, they won an award for their products. And they made enough money that they built a very big office at Tesano, not far from me. One of their members was in my shift I wonder when they say, hey, where do you people get money from? You say, oh, this money, say, Pastor, that's why I want to leave that company. They, they got the money from abortion pills that they sell to people. Uh, what's their name? Okay, I'll not mention their name. For, but they, they sell it. So people are no longer getting pregnant unless, excuse me to say, they are foolish enough for you to see or somebody has admonished them. So we may be penalizing those who are innocent or those who have a weak conscience. But the news are here. Jewel, are you here? I didn't ask him. The news are here is that there are a lot of people who are carrying sexually transmitted diseases. They no longer have AIDS, but they have, they no, yeah, but they have HIV. Free range, they go to school, they are making money from prostitution, from hobbies, from all of this thing. And they are carrying all these diseases around. They don't want anybody to talk to them. You dress like that, uh, I am aware. Uh, what, what's the other one? I'm aware and what? Yeah? Whatever they call it. 
And the boys, autofista, showing all kinds of things. Biblically, correct them. Two days ago, I was walking like this and holding a bat. And I saw 20 children come to the library. They just passed me. I said, hey, children, come back here. Come back. Come back. Did you see me? Say yes. Don't they teach you in the school there? Say, stand there. Correct. Say, good morning. Say, do you know me? Say, you don't know me. But I'm older than you. I'm not part of the stick here. Say, good morning. They all say, good morning. Can somebody offer to help me with this bag? Can't you see that I'm struggling? Then they caught the bag. So I said, okay, I'll take it. Then I saw the Kana money running to come and collect the bag. I said, children, you see, that is how we train well-cultured children. So when they come here, please, as church, you train healthy children. Train a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will never depart from it. If you don't train your own children that way, in our language, they say again, it's Jimakbala. What do they say? Jimakbala, the child has not. That is biblical accountability and biblical discipline. Oh, time is running. I asked you to give you the 35 minutes. Here. Dash me five more. Hey, no, they'll be calling me. Let me finish. Biblical giving. I don't need to con conjure that one for you. Give. Not anybody conjuring and telling you stories, but biblical mission. We plant churches and the churches develop. Now I have three levels of application for you before I go. First, one, all the things that we are talking about today, if we do them, it will make us healthy. But let's see how they apply. A healthy church, by its very definition, will create room for growth because normal things grow. You don't have to do anything before you become 20, 30, 40, 50. But if you are not eating well, you may get premature aging. Now, question number one. Personally, how healthy are you spiritually? Have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you growing in him? Are you having your money devotion? Physically, do you know your numbers? Are you doing well? Is your BMI correct? Do you even know what it is? Financially, hey, I've been told that if you don't have savings of six months of your money in the bank, you are a poor person. How many months do you have? Oh, that is a Proverbs 6 ants have money. How much do you have? But the important thing, how can your church help you? We are not just showing this. The church can offer some help. How do we help? Question two. Judging by the 12 traits, where are we now? I want you, you are the judges. The fundamentals, are they correct? Is the 12 by IMB, are we correct? Or we are not there yet? Where are the gaps? And what can we do about it? There are some of you who are leaders, statisticians, scholars. You can help us know. It is our church. We want to make it good for ourselves. From Reverend Dacke, he'll be glad to know where we are. Because the Lord said, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail again. Number three. How, what are you personally available and committed to, to do for CBC to become a healthy and a vibrant church? It's good to say somebody will do it, somebody will do it, somebody. You, personally. How many were here by 8 o'clock, 10 or 12? How many came on time? What are you committed to doing? How do you want to use your gift? Do you know God will award you, reward you? Now, this week, you show me the organ tablet. Uh, accountability, I have two testimonies. While I'm giving this testimony, give the organ one. I had a group of people visit me this week. When they were sitting at the corridor, they were looking like very stout men. Say, Pastor, we want to see you. I said, what can I do for you? So I said, Pastor, I said, let's go up and see them. And I couldn't believe these men. These 
is the executive of the taxi drivers. So we are the executive, we've come to see you. I say, hey, what's going on here? Say, Pastor, we've been watching this church. And we have been interviewing people, particularly the children who come here. See, they come and read books. They come here to do all kinds of things. We have decided, we taxi drivers have decided to help the church do it better. I said, you've decided to do what? Say, how can we help you? We want to contribute money on a monthly basis to help the ministry that Calvary is having. Ah! <laughs> I said, no, I, I don't get it. Now, who, who, whose idea is this? You know, the part in me that will ask the question, what is in this? So oh, we just want to do it. So I said, okay, then talk to Pastor Cecil. Let him talk to you. So we want to give regularly. He just reminded me of the raven who fed the poor. And I said, wow. People who are busy. I said, we talk to them. You are talking about the disadvantage. And we see, what is, what is the need for the church? Why should the church do that? Can you see that the church is playing role? Even taxi drivers can see. Trotro drivers can see. Say, how can we help you? We'll put our money in it on a monthly basis. And you are a member of the church. That, do you care? Do you even understand? We ask you to, and I, I thank God. You see, sometimes people respond to things you must thank them. Oh, let's buy this organ. 11 people, as far as my record, show, have given. And we are almost there. 36,290 off budget. They're giving. We have about 13,000 more to go. I know you will give, you will give generously. Uh, it hasn't finished yet. You see, when you're a big church, everybody's doing, you think it's finished. We haven't reached there yet. So we are buying this organ because I won't take it back. You are paying for it. If you haven't paid for it yet, you pay for it. And I will <laughs> Thank you for... Now, those of you, now you can see where you give, except that those who give in dollars, they say our machine is not, it uh, doesn't understand dollar. It changed to CD at the time you gave it. So, uh, it changed it. Number three, for some of these things to happen, to educate people and do all of that, we need some ministry facilities. I can tell you, I can say a lot about finances, but if we had all put our hands to the plow to put our monies into this church to finish some of these things, your money will not be lost by 40, 50, 60 percent. Now we are almost in trouble. We are not in trouble. For me, I don't have any trouble. It's God's church. So if it's broke, it's broke. But I was in the bank. There are so many scammers these days that I was in the bank and people were weeping. The $100,000 that they were looking for to buy a house has suddenly become 45000 The man was sitting beside me. Oh, if I knew earlier, I should have bought a cheaper house. And I told him, there's no cheaper house. Even if it's a cheaper house, you leave it here, you go. The only place where thieves and robbers and World Bank will never enter is the bank of heaven. Do you have any investment in the things of God? We still have a lot to do. If we remove some of these things, we finish up, we finish this, build your ministry tower, church can be more healthy. But more importantly, your appraisal and evaluations will help us be the church that Jesus wants us to be. Stay blessed, stay well, stay organizing him. In Jesus' name, amen.